Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of We Talk, We Crashed, an after show from the Hollywood Critics Association. I am one of your hosts, and the outlaw, John Roca, joined by these two wonderful people here from the Hollywood Critics Association as well, the great Nikki Fowler. Nikki, how are you? Hi, John. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah? Excited <laughs> yeah. to talk about this uh, We Crashed, We Work situation? Absolutely. Yeah. Ready to jump into it. That's right. We Crashed. And speaking of crashing, no, I'm just joking. Griffin Schiller's <laughs> here as well. Griffin, how are you? I'm great. I was about to call you a supernova, but now I don't know if I'm ready for that. <laughs> No, I'm, <laughs> Just good. <a> little bit. <laughs> I'm good. I've seen what happens to supernovas. I'm yeah. good. Uh, yeah, we're excited to be talking about this. We're going to talk about the first three episodes. This is a spoiler after show. So hopefully you've seen the first three episodes. If you haven't, hit pause, go and watch them, come back and join us. We're going to break this whole thing down. All three of these episodes start off with. And before we even get going into the episodes, I want to remind you all to please comment and subscribe to the Hollywood Critics Association. Hey, but we've been telling you to do that since the beginning. But here's something new we're adding. We also want you to email us your questions about the show. As you're watching it, as we're breaking this thing down, maybe you've got a question you want to email us. We'll do so at shows at HollywoodCriticsAssociation.com. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Remember to hashtag WeTalkWeCrashed as we get into this thing. All right, so the first three episodes have dropped. We've been able to watch them here. They're coming from Apple TV, and this is based on a podcast called We Crashed, The Rise and Fall of WeWork by Wondery. If you haven't listened to it, I crashed uh, uh, crash listened to it a whole t- on a Saturday, completely from top to bottom. Very wonderful stuff here. But getting into the show, this is such an interesting show based on the real story of what happened with WeWork this, that is still around, still a company. We've done the first three episodes. Nikki, talk to me. This one starring Jared Leto as Adam Newman. This one starring uh, Anne Hathaway as Rebecca Newman. These are the twosome, along with Miguel McKelvey, who put WeWork together, and now we're profiling in the first three episodes. What's your feeling after watching the first three episodes of this uh, show? Uh, so I had to watch it twice. The first time I watched it, just being a business owner and just the whole dynamic of investing and, and uh, business plan pitches and mm. PPMs, um, it was kind of hard to watch because it was a little, it felt a little dysfunctional <laughs> watching mm. some of these these scenes with um, with Adam, you know, just kind of going into this um, business, kind of not really crossing his T's and dotting his I's, mm-hmm. so very nonchalant. And then I watched it again. And after I got over, like, I guess the, um, the idea of him kind of ruining the company, I looked at it a little bit deeper and I watched the layers and saw, you know, Jared Leto is just fantastic and Anne Hathaway, just amazing chemistry. And I love all of the details and the rise and fall of these characters and the business. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of disturbing at times, but um, <laughs> I'm I'm all in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Griffin Schiller, are you all in? Have you been enjoying the first three episodes here, seeing them laying the groundwork for what we're going to get throughout this season here, and also seeing the beginning and what we may be glimpsing at the end here in the yeah. beginning of the first episode? What do you think about these first three episodes? Yeah, I, re- I really liked how they integrated the the flashback in there. You know, you kind of got like the little like, okay, so here's where we currently are. A little bit like the Social Network, right? Yeah, right. Um, which Boy. I think a lot of these kind of shows and like films that deal with like startups like this, like Steve Jobs or whatever, they kind of deal, they, they're kind of, it's not like a one for one, but it is sort of based around the idea of what Fincher mm-hmm. did with the social network. And I like how this is sort of doing it in a television format because it allows them kind of what you were saying about going into depth a little bit more about right. like the inner workings of the company, some of the pitfalls that came about, it just uh, were afforded more real estate than what we would get in a feature film. So I liked being able to explore that depth. Yeah. Um, Anne Hathaway, is just flooring me from if like from the get go with this. Right. She to me is the real star of this show. Jared Leto, I gotta be honest, it took me like 
an entire episode to get used to him. Because I, I, I feel like he's doing that, you know, House of Gucci thing again where he's a little, he's a little over the top, mm-hmm. but the character is also larger than life. So, right. like, I understand why he's going this direction. And I think once you get settled into who this guy is and you understand that, like, he's not necessarily the most likable guy, mm-hmm. uh, I could get behind his performance. And the two of them have a really great dynamic together uh, and sort of just, like, exploring, yeah, some of the pitfalls, some of, you know, why this thing was so successful. And then also just, like, the... I think the, the just like the idea of the American dream of mm-hmm. like thinking you can come uh, to the country and then just like you know build your own empire and stuff and it'll be like easy like that like right. people will just give you a shot. Um, I really enjoyed seeing Adam kind of like struggle because that's the reality of it. Yeah. But I also appreciated how you know he never gave up. I guess in a sense there is mm-hmm. that resilience there. He didn't really care what he was selling. He right. just wanted to be an entrepreneur, which is that's ultimately what people are going to buy into when they're investing in a company is that individual. Uh and yeah. I think it's pretty easy to see why he was able to amass the success that he did uh you know right off the bat. Well, certainly that's one of the lines in the show, isn't it? Like I wish I don't want to invest in what you're pitching me, but I want to invest in you because of the confidence you Yeah, if I could bottle your confidence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fantastic yeah. line. Yeah. Well, Nick, I'll go back to you on this. The creators here uh, uh Lee Eisenberg and Drew Cavello with directors John Rickwa and Glenn Ficarra. What a, what an interesting concept. Let's just jump into episode 1 here where uh, this is where it begins, right? Mm. What an interesting approach. Just like he meant just a uh, Griffin mentioned social network. We start off with the end mm-hmm. of WeWork, or the end at least of him being the CEO, Adam being the CEO of WeWork, and already it's smart to put us in a bit of an under, he's put him in a bit of an underdog position, and then we see him from the beginning of that first episode. We see that he's a struggling entrepreneur. We see that he has conversations with his sister. He's trying to sell these baby crawler things. <laughs> he's going to these business classes and being kind of made fun of. He storms out when they make fun of his communal living, which he was having an idea about. Meets Rebecca, chases down Rebecca, insults the teacher to win Rebecca over for that first date. Then hooks up with Miguel McKelvey who sees him, remembers him, and has this conversation with him, and we end up starting at least the beginnings of WeWork, and they end up selling it in the end and kind of opening the door to the possibility here of moving on and creating WeWork. What did you think about this as a first episode? What stood out to you? What really kind of hooked you into the show? Um, I thought it was a great first episode. I love the intro and the ending, um, Mm -hmm. just, you know, focusing on that boardroom and the kind of the chaos, you know, he's being woken up by his help. Um, You know, they're looking at him, you know, looking for him for this emergency board meeting, basically to oust him. Um, And then through the middle of the entire episode, we have the character development and we're seeing the makings of, you know, we're seeing his flaws, Mm -hmm. we're seeing his superpowers, meeting uh, Rebecca and the whole workings of that, which I thought was really dynamic um real two great actors jared and um Anne hathaway mm-hmm. um the chemistry there i mean i was laughing out loud <laughs> you know she's yeah. basically dissing him saying you know you're wrinkled you're broke and <laughs> you know get out my face <laughs> well, that, that scene with, yeah. with, at the dinner where he's like oh i'm a health nut or whatever and yeah. she's like you smell like cigarettes you've been like clearly that was just a great just the, the back and forth there was right yeah, yeah. yeah and and then to end this on um you know this cell phone scene with the cell phones going off and you know uh, Rebecca yep. is just standing by his side, mm-hmm. um, 
through till the end, like call the lawyers. Right. Um, so I, I loved getting to know a little bit more about um, Rebecca and what makes her tick. And, you know, she's all into this transformational uh, live your best life, law of attraction. You can do it, um, you know, kind of propping up um, Adam to be the success and just seeing the underbelly mm-hmm. of how, you know, he's the sales guy. You yes. know, people are gravitating towards mm-hmm. what he has to say and what he has to sell. He's not doing too much work. A lot of that's <laughs> falling on Miguel. But, um, yeah, so I, I loved uh, the rise and fall like an ocean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you jump into, I mean, you've already spoken about how much you've enjoyed Jared Leto and uh, and Hathaway in these characters here, yeah, Griffin, yeah, earlier. Yeah. But Kyle Marvin, kind of an unsung hero yeah. here is Miguel McKelvey as well, being there from the beginning, kind of watching him deliver that speech, that business speech he storms out of, then kind of confronting him, saying, hey, remember we met, shot, shot, shots. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. leading into the fact that he's doing the business plan, Nikki mentioning 17 pages of plan. He works overnight. Yeah. And we see... Through the interview, through the meeting with the guy, well, not meeting, I guess, the interaction with the dude in the elevator, yeah. and then the conversations with Miguel, and then the conversations with that landlord for that floor, that he has an ability to read people on the fly and get them to do things for him. So yeah. we're laying the groundwork. How did you feel Miguel uh, Miguel McKelvey fit into this whole piece here and the work uh, being done by Kyle Marvin and how this all how this first episode really introduced you into this character of Adam Newman. Yeah, they, they had a great, they have a great dynamic together. And mm. I think it's easy to see why they're partners in this, right? You know, the one guy is like the, like you said, like the front man, he's able to like, you know, improvise on the fly and, right. uh, you know, read people. And I, that was actually one of my favorite aspects of this is like, he would walk into a room and he always knew he was going to get what he was going to, what he wanted. Mm-hmm. And whether or not he believed that, I believe that watching Jared Leto, which I think is actually a testament to his performance, right. you know, whatever you think of the accent or whatever aside. Um, and yes, yeah, seeing the, the contrast, I guess, between his like workplace relationship with Miguel and then also his sort of domestic relationship with uh, Rebecca and then seeing how she was kind of like brought into the fold. I, I did enjoy how it wasn't just like a, you know, he, he recognizes that he's nothing without Rebecca, which we'll probably get into in the, when we talk about episode two, because yeah. there's a line where he says that at his wedding. Right, so, at his wedding, yeah. um, so the fact that he's, you know, self-aware enough to recognize that was actually surprising to me because usually in these stories you get like, oh, it's it's all me. I'm, I'm the show here. And right. so uh, I, I like the fact that he was willing to admit that like they are a team together and we work wouldn't be what it was without uh, Rebecca. And I think yeah. you see that at the very beginning of this episode that she is the brains behind the operation and he's the front guy, um, mm-hmm. even to the point where he's, you know, well, walking. Into the I don't elevator. know if I'd say she's the brains of the operation. Would you say she's the brains well, or the inspiration? Because I... <laughs> I think Miguel is the brains behind. Oh the yeah, operation. no, no, no. That, that's yeah. fair, right? He's he's like the more technical guy, and I guess right. Re- Rebecca is like she's the the essence that really made the thing work. Because without her, you don't have like we work as it is, right? Mm-hmm. She's the whole person that's like bottle up that feeling that you had when you were a kid and you came to America and you experienced this like right wonder. on the date. That's an yeah, excellent point. Exactly. Yes. And it's like turn that into a business. She like the way that she's sort of able to look at the world and like create like a I guess like a, a not a product but a lifestyle mm-hmm. I guess out of that. That's what they're trying to monetize. They're trying to monetize that idea, and I think that that is. Um, I don't know. That's really interesting because they're almost selling nothing in a sense, but like they're so confident in it that you're just like, yeah, sure, I'll freaking go work here at WeWork or I'll yeah. go, yeah. I, I think that's what's great too when you look at this. They really give you the idea that both of these people are coming from places where they're not 100% happy, Nikki, right? I mean, you've got him as a kind of a struggling entrepreneur. Then you have Rebecca who is teaching 
yoga classes for a dollar a student and has to have him come in and kind of save her a little well not save her but kind of put this uh, kind of expose what's happening which is ironic considering he's the one that gets gonna, that's going to get exposed later on down the road but you see their relationship developing and throughout the first three episodes we're just focusing on episode one but throughout the first three episodes we see that there's shakes in their confidence there are issues with their beliefs in themselves but each other believing in the other person helps elevate them up and you see that throughout this first episode don't you think oh absolutely rebecca mm-hmm. you know we see you know the rise and the fall and the complexity of her throughout all of these episodes yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i mean she's really struggling and for yeah. someone who's so into transformational the transformational movement and positive and go for what you uh want mm-hmm. she definitely is struggling and um but together they really make you know a magnetic team mm-hmm. and you know i also feel that um the employees weren't so uh, you know vested in them as people yeah. but in the culture yeah. in we work yeah. yeah. and what they were selling they wanted to get rich they wanted to you know cash in their stock options and right. they loved the whole you know they were selling this you know live your best life you know 20s you know type of energy and right. people were just buying into it to the point of chaos yeah <laughs> so um yeah definitely they're better together and um you know despite their flaws they did make a, a good team do you, do you agree with griffin that she's like the brains behind it or, the, or do you think she's more of the inspiration maybe the calming influence of I would say inspiration. Yeah. I definitely saw Miguel putting in the work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you yeah, know, like yeah. when um, when Adam was sleeping like a baby and Miguel was literally <laughs> pumping out the pitch, the business plan for, yeah. um, mm-hmm. what was it, green? Oh, uh, yeah, like green. Oh, yeah, you're right. Green yeah. desk, yeah. Green, green desk. desk. Yeah. 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 And Not uh, a good name. Not no. A good name. No. <laughs> but, no. But, he, but they end up selling it by the end because of the work Miguel did. But also... I mean, this may not, you may not be happy about this, but also because of Adam being an incredible salesman, an incredible person who reads people, connects to people. So, yeah, he's not doing the set overnight, but Miguel right. can't sell. Miguel can't get in those rooms and book and get billions of dollars in investment, as we're going to see in the next couple of episodes. I would also argue, though, that Adam can't really sell until he meets Rebecca. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. Because oh, yeah. Because he's like all of, all of his failed percent. ventures. And so I feel like her being this person that, like, gives him the confidence. I, I It took me a little bit it's to... It's more that she breaks him down, isn't it? Because yeah, she yeah, says yeah, to yeah, him, yeah. you're not selling anything that you actually care about. Yeah, exactly. You need yeah. to sell stuff that you actually are into. Yeah. And be, until you do, you're not going to be successful. So in that way, she's essential... Definitely to the creation of WeWork. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't think you it's have Adam the, Newman. Well, exactly right. You, you don't. You don't have the company without her, and you don't have it to the the height that it is without mm-hmm. her boosting him for the confidence. So, yeah. so it is almost like it's interesting because I when when I was first watching this, I was like, is he just using her because he knows mm. that like he's nothing without her and like this company and his dreams are nothing without her. Right. And, and I'm still not a hundred percent sure that like, I mean, I obviously I think he loves her. He wouldn't, you know, be with her if it wasn't for that, but also oh, like there's, he's kind of duplicitous, right? He's like, he's always trying to sell people something. He's kind of like a con guy. Um, and, and so I, you know, part of me is like, is, is some of, you know, when she's trying to, I guess this is more of an episode two thing, but when she's going through her acting yeah. uh, thing and she's like really focusing on, she wants to get that part. She wants to give a great performance and he's kind of like half-assing mm-hmm. it, you know, does he really care, you know, or is he just feeding her what she wants to hear? Like right. all the other men in her life have basically, right. which, is, which we'll get to. We'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. sure. The other thing that 
Uh, I really liked, but you, what you were talking about with the culture, where you could see why people were drawn to it. I mean, this is like right after the housing crisis. Yes, right. And so people are like all ready to be just like invested in this sort of idea. I mean, also specifically a place where like people can go and communal and just be in like a communal like working and right. living space. Like it's really easy to see why people were able to uh, get on board with this because, like you said, uh, it's not because of Adam or like their their vision for the company. Right. It's you know what they were being afforded with that. Well, just like we work, this pilot episode, this you know first episode is supposed to hook us in and yeah. make yeah. us want to be part of We Crashed in this in this uh, show here. So, do you like? The way this episode was constructed from top to bottom here, Nikki, I alluded to it earlier. We do start with him at the board meeting. We also end with him being let go as the CEO, hearing the phones. But we also have uh, Vyaskov, I think is the investor's name, uh, who comes in there and gives him that whole pitch about, you know, oh, I'm going to invest $15 million and 18 cents into this situation. So you start to cheer for him a little bit. So it's the way to hook you in, just like Adam Newman, in a way, hooked people into WeWork. So did you like the way this first episode was constructed to make you kind of connect with these characters and want to see more? I did. And I absolutely was, you know, flustered over the fact of, you know, I felt myself cheering for him a little bit, <laughs> uh, rooting for him or feeling yeah. bad that he's being made fun of. That's, and then I'm like, well, job. wait, you know, he doesn't really care, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, or does yeah. he care? Um, yeah, you made a good point. I thought about that, too, with um, his relationship with Rebecca mm. on, you yeah. know, is it her last name? Is it her relationship to the, you know, right, Paltrow right, name? Right. Um, you know, his eyes kind of lit up a little at that little drink they were having, which he couldn't pay for. <laughs> but um, yeah, is, the way he's getting people to do stuff for him, just yeah. like, like, even the guy in his apartment who gave him dinner. Yes. Like, he, well, he didn't give him dinner. Well, right. He took his dinner. He took his dinner. But it was just like the whole, the whole way he's able to manipulate people, I think, is yeah. just like, it is second nature to him. And like, just, by the nature of that being his thing, I'm not going to trust a guy like that. So, mm. like, I'm very – it took me a little bit to get used to him as being this, like, unlikable protagonist. But also, I, I mean, the company wouldn't have failed if he wasn't, in, you know, a bad person. Know. You know, I'm I, as I get older, I start to kind of uh, understand and connect with these guys a little bit more. Because yeah. you start to see – and this is definitely a show that highlights this – we are a culture of personality. We are a cult mm. of personality. And if somebody comes along and we see that now in our world, one person who kind of symbolizes something, people will follow that person, even though they're saying the craziest stuff, doing the craziest yeah. thing. It's really obvious and, and you can totally disprove it, but still people are going to follow them. No matter where you're at, you can see it in business, you can see it in politics. So do we have, and I don't know if we want to answer this question here, it's a little right, deeper, right. but do we have an inherent human need to follow a leader, to follow a person? And then we get yeah. upset when they make all this money, but they're the ones that put it all together. So you have to wonder like, where you fit in the piece of the puzzle when you're looking at this. I think the the big key here is people have fear of missing out and they're yeah, following FOMO. they're yeah. following the money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. he, he is, you know, saying he has access to it and that's attracting more and more investors mm -hmm. and the valuation just keeps going up and up. Yeah. And then the employees, I mean, they want to live a certain lifestyle. Um, you know, I, I felt sorry for them, but then I said, you know, you could have turned around at any time, yeah. <laughs> you know, when things, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah, we'll get into that more we will. We will. <laughs> in the next but, episode. But this is why companies want to get you young. They want to get you young because you got all this energy. What's yeah. an all-nighter yeah. to a 20-year-old? Mm -hmm. It's nothing. So it's smart how they were approaching this, and I appreciate how they were sh laying the groundwork for all that as you're watching this. But I found myself 
constantly asking these questions. Are they making a statement about how us as a culture will follow a charismatic leader right off the cliff if we have to? Absolutely. One? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get into episode two here. Masha, Masha, Masha. Uh, <laughs> this one we deal right off the bat with the wedding here. We did have their, because I mean, in the first episode, they have the back and forth. He asks her to marry her. Uh, and it isn't until a little bit later when she's having a bad day that, he, uh, that she makes him get on the knee and finally agrees to marry him. So we get the wedding and you get... Her walking down the aisle in that purple dress, of course, having to be different and do her own thing and stand out. And then we have the back and forth with them and the sweet, like he's got the crumpled piece of paper and she's got this very well planned out thing to say. So an interesting um, uh, window into their relationship. But then we get the dad coming in, her dad coming in, uh, uh, Robert Paltrow, I think his name is, him kind of giving him the knowledge about what's really going on with that investor and what's yeah. happening and how he needs to get with a bank. And then we see uh, the apartment searching and the kind of disappointment with Rebecca. Then we see her dealing with her acting as well and what she's trying to accomplish. Then we get Miguel and Adam kind of going through the valuation of WeWork as well and figuring out where they're going to put that together. Then we have Stavros, the scene with Stavros, the mm -hmm. son mm -hmm. of these Greek uh, people who invest in, in businesses, invest in buildings. Nothing, no company uh, under 200 years old but we see him woo yet another person in this episode to invest money and then just when he's about to maybe change his mind the guy makes a comment about how ridiculous it would be if they did invest the money and then he turns around and said well what would be your reputation if people find about this and then we see rebecca doing this play clearly and doing three sisters and she completely melts down and does a weird Russian accent, yeah, yeah. walks off the stage, and then eventually seduces her own way, seduces that theater director into being a part of the WeWork uh, establishment in that using the space to set up three sisters, all this stuff that she's doing. So just fascinating, and in the end, Adam leads her all the way back to that apartment that they got that apartment. So, yeah. Griffin, I'll start with you since I started with Nikki on episode one. What stood out to you on episode two? This whole idea of... Um I guess uh, people being dictated by their parents in a sense. I we don't know a whole lot about Adam's upbringing, yeah, but yeah. we kind of get on a kibbutz. He was in, uh, on a kibbutz, we right? Know that much, yeah. Right. We do. We a do know commune. that much. So, like, kind of seeing, you know, inferring. I guess how it is based on how he interacts with other people has been one of my favorite parts of watching this show. Is like because he's very juvenile in his sense. He's like he's like a man child, for, mm. and you see a lot of that in episode three, but especially in this episode two, and he's just like all about that idea of just like, nah, it's just like, we're, we, we want to be young, we want to do this and that, and then seeing how that kind of, you know, uh, translates into the, the relationships, but like, and then, you know, even down to talking to Rebecca about like the dad giving them a million dollars, and he's like, well, I can provide for you and everything like that, you know, you don't need to submit to your parents, so he's like, he's got a little bit of like a rebellious uh, streak to him, something that like... There's he, pride. Yeah, yeah right, there, there's, pride there's, and ego. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. pride there, and there's... There's something going on with the parents that I really am like fascinated to learn more about, uh, especially because we don't really know a lot about that, and especially his relationship with his sister, who we do know he has yes. a sister. Yeah, I want to explore that a little bit more. But yeah, but this this episode was um was interesting it, from Rebecca's standpoint as mm -hmm. well, seeing where how she sort of fits in in her family, and and obviously that will get explored more in episode three. Right, but uh. You know, her wanting to be an actress, wanting to have her own uh, thing going while Adam has his thing going, mm -hmm. uh, and then seeing how she kind of, like, falls on her face from that. It's it's really... It, it was tough to watch her, you know, up on stage because you could feel that sort of anxiety in her, like, genuinely thinking, like, is this maybe this is what I should be doing, you right, know? Right, right. Well, what do you think of how they profile that? Because, obviously, in the first episode, we're focusing on Adam 
and then his relationship with Rebecca. And in this episode, we're, fo- we're focusing a little bit more on Adam and Miguel, and then we focus singularly on Rebecca and her acting and some of the moves that she pulls here, some of the favors that she calls in, you you know, kind of luring that uh, female director to come in and direct a play so that she can be highlighted as an actress. And we'll see where that comes from possibly when we go into episode three and Gwynny, Gwynny starts popping up yes. as a term. But what did you think about watching the work, first of all, of Anne Hathaway in this character navigating uh, being disappointing as an actress and being disappointed in herself and then being so dismissive of the director by the end. Yeah, well, Anne Hathaway, I mean, I've never seen anyone pretend to be a bad actor and it looks so good, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, she, she can't even do that yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I love getting this, you know, more details into who Rebecca is mm-hmm. and, um, you know, the background on the wedding with her family. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, I think I think it's important to see all of these, you know, strengths, but again, like I said, flaws, because that's kind of why we work for them didn't really mm-hmm. didn't really work. Yeah. Um, yeah, Adam and you know, his manipulation of people, you know, from the wedding, you know, he's basically we find that he's gonna take this one million 1.5 million yeah. he's going to take a million from the wedding gift and 500,000 from the green desk um yeah. money yeah. and put that into um you know refurbishing this building and all the way down to the end where we're seeing him barefoot at the JP Morgan Chase uh investor conference yeah. barefoot um you know with the WeWork sign in the background and he's coming full circle he's taking what he learned at the wedding where it's not about your view, but it's mm-hmm. about who sees your who sees you in mm-hmm. commercial real estate. And you know he's a talker, and you know while he's not doing anything illegal <laughs> that we know of, right? You not know, yet. it's not such yet. a muddy right. water and yeah. on a uh, fine line on ethics on some of the things and the decisions that he's making. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm like, why do I not like this person? <laughs> you know, but <laughs> you know he he you know he's actually a good father, and um, right. yeah, you know there's some good qualities, but. Um, yeah, so yeah, we're gonna glimpse some of the more negative stuff. Yeah, certainly in episode three for sure with Adam as it goes along and as he gets bigger. As you talk about him sitting there, J.P. Morgan. I mean, it's incredible though, uh, Griffin, with a one million dollars. He convinces Rebecca to give him that money. So going back to your earlier point. I, I knew he was going to do that from right. the I was like, the second that she showed him the $1 million, I'm like, oh, he's going to find a way to make her give him that money right. to invest in the company. Whether or not that was like actually his his like plan from the get-go, I, I have a feeling that it probably was. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was like, oh, the, he's going to find a way to sweet-talking because Rebecca is like so invested in what he's doing. Yeah. Um, She's just gonna give it to him, and he can, you know, talk anyone into doing anything. Obviously, he talked uh, Miguel into giving him the five hundred thousand dollars, which right. was like, oh, that's my that's my kid's college fund. That's f- but you don't have any kids; you're not married, right? <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, um, I, I know it, he's he he doesn't care about the future. He's all like sort of like living in uh, the present, like mm-hmm. any young person would, I guess, really. So, uh, it, it kind of tracks with that that whole uh, uh, dynamic there for sure. But yeah, but we also get the opening of WeWork now. Uh, I mean, come yeah. on. We've, oh, yeah, we've yeah, all yeah. been yeah. part of, you know, organizations. I mean, I remember working for a theater company and we built the theater from the ground up and built all the flats and built I mean, the, the day that light goes on, the day you walk into that space, 
it was pretty. It was a pretty cool scene. So oh, yeah. I I like how they set this second second episode up to show you that he's a guy who fights. He's going to use all his all the money available. Now, it may not be his money, yeah. but he's going to use it and gets people to invest in him. And then eventually, that opening of WeWork certainly felt good. And, and certain those back and forths at the coffee shop when he's doing the interviews. Yeah, we get the young uh, Asian kid who is going to be their tech guy, whose whose mom is answering right. He's questions like sixteen or something. Yeah, it's so, yeah, yeah. And then and then we get. To, but then we also have the young woman who's sitting next to them who she asked them to watch her computer she's the one who's been listening to them says it's not about the desks it's not about anything mm-hmm. it's about community that's what people want yeah. and it kind of opens the door to that pro- to that thought process as well well and even down to like when they're actually getting doing the preparations to open I mean we, we've seen this basically from the beginning like yeah. he will just like let everyone else do everything and like sleep the day away and just like, you know, just <laughs> do whatever. He'll, everyone else will do the hard work to make the company what it is. And then he just sort of like comes in there and he doesn't fully take credit for it because he did, he did mm-hmm. give uh, me something Miguel that I really, Rebecca, yeah. I liked that line because yeah. it was really telling. Cause again, it, typically in a story like this, you're like, Oh, he's going to be the guy's like, look what I built. Right. Like he's got that God complex. Mm-hmm. I mean, he even has a line where he's like, you know, uh, you're looking at him or yeah, some, right. something like that. Um, but no, he was like, no, you built this. And I'm like, that's, what is your angle here? Because it's like, <laughs> I don't trust you. I know you want to take credit for this, but like you're playing the game so well that you're getting everyone else to just like be okay with mm. working, uh, like doing all the work for you. So, But he would argue that he is working. Right. He would argue that yeah. he is working hard because he's the one going in there and locking down these deals. Yeah. So, I mean, people are going to benefit from the work he's doing. In his mind, he's probably like, look at all this work I'm doing. You chip in and do a business plan. But could you, but could you, you chip in and, and give me some million dollars. So, yeah. yeah. But like, could you imagine what he could accomplish, though, if he actually, like, applied himself instead of just, like, you know, going off the, the cuff, like, every single time he went in somewhere? That's sort of Griffin. like the... That we work was valued at its highest peak at forty-seven billion dollars. What more is he going to accomplish? Well, no, no. But I'm saying, like, if you, well, no, you're right, you're right. But like, at the same time, it's just sort of like if he had actually, I don't know, been a part of like that that angle, and, and mm. I don't know. There's like a couple things that I'm just like going around with, like maybe this could have happened or whatever. No, but no, you, I hear right. you. Because yeah, idealistically, yeah. you want him to be, because you right. want to believe in the community. That's yeah, kind yeah. of where he hooks you. Because, you know, and, and looking at this, um, what's fascinating when you're watching, especially through the sex, second episode, we're going to jump into the third episode in just a few seconds. But like in this second episode, you're seeing the character beats of Rebecca, right? You're seeing that there's a frustration here. She's yeah. not happy with her life. Uh, neither is Adam. Adam is not happy with his life either. Now building this, we were getting to this spot. This is what's bringing him joy. Rebecca needs to feel part of something. and they. But they also have these character beats where they can be quite dismissive or quite willing to let go of anybody who they can't use anymore once they're done using them. Yeah. They both do that. I mean, she does that to that director. Absolutely. So we're getting these character beats and we're finding out why they work so well together and that there is this desire, at least spoken desire, to be to leave some kind of better or create some kind of better world by what they're doing. So do you think that they fooled themselves into this uh, situation or that they actually believe this? Um. Yeah, I think there's like a little delusion of grandeur there. I mean, mm-hmm. and the fact that they were able to get 47 billion in valuation. Yeah. I mean, again, this is a valuation, but you know, um, 
look at some of the deals he was doing. You know, he found out, you know, the investor with the mm-hmm. 18 cents isn't really worth the You're money. Right. But he yeah. still keeps using that as a golden ticket mm-hmm. to reel people in, knowing ethically that that money is probably mm-hmm. not going to happen right. or be difficult to. Um, and then when he gets the lease with Stavros, almost kind of blackmailing him at the end. You yes. know, when he gets him drunk to, you know, I, was that on purpose? We don't know. Oh, I would but, say so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I thought yeah. so. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, just kind of blackmailing him into keeping into the contract. So it's he's playing a little, you know, dirty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah um, up and down. <laughs> yeah, but we see it by the end of the episode that Stavros is in that audience in the Wall Street. Yeah. Uh, mm. uh, what's uh, the conversation? His parents is. Yeah, his, yeah oh, they're all there. The yeah, parents are there, there as well because he made the money. Yeah. yeah. In the end, yeah. yes. They all tr- love him. Yeah, he tricked him or whatever, but he ended up making money. And that's the thing that you mm-hmm. watch throughout these first two episodes is like he has an ability to convince people to be a part of his stuff, and he does yield the results. And once again, great work by Anne Hathaway, Jared Leto, uh, everybody involved in the cast through this first two episodes for sure. Let's jump into this third episode here. Uh, it's called Summer Camp. Uh, remember Summer Camp? Summer Camp was fun <laughs> once upon a time. Yeah. And this is, if you've done any research or any, any kind of um, uh, in-depth, if you have any kind of in-depth knowledge and, and, and you watch Watch that documentary. We worked summer camp was something that was brought up a lot. Uh, if you watch uh, any of the cult documentaries, they always have that one place mm-hmm. they all go to to celebrate and do these things. And this is the uh, this is the title of the third episode. We get the idea. We get the, we see this, which is essentially a pseudo Burning Man type yeah. situation. Everybody dressed up in clothes. <laughs> get there's apparently the 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 liquor was pouring from 4 a.m. to 4 p.m. on these summer camps for, for so people to go and get involved in this stuff. And we see that. Rebecca is dealing with a public relations nightmare at this whole thing. So you're having the festival, you're having the conversations, you're having these meetings. She goes out there and she says in front of everybody how a woman's duty is to stand behind her man and help elevate her man. Mm-hmm. And that causes a number of the female participants to be like, what? Uh, and this becomes a public relations nightmare. But she's also dealing with the fact that her father is asking her to write a character reference because her father has gotten in trouble with taxes. And we find out by the end of the episode her father had also run a scam on the American Cancer, uh, not Society, but American Cancer, uh, I can't remember the company, but he was milking people out of their money, supposedly to help for a good cause here as well. So this, uh, I don't want to say grifting gene, but this gene (laughs) to make money off people's um, either emotions or, or desire is there within them for sure. Uh, and the listening session that she has with the young girls goes, or the young dumpster women rather, fire. does not go well. No, it's an absolute dumpster fire for sure. And then her father shows up and they have a conversation. And we get flashbacks of her and how she, how much her, she dealt with her brother and then what happens to her brother dying of cancer. And then we see all of that, how that's affecting her. And then we see this journalist, the first cracks in the armor start to appear yeah. in the third episode. For sure, Nikki, we see this. Uh, a New York Times reporter, young New York Times reporter show up. He's covering this stuff. He covers the fact that she's, she said that stuff and what, what it caused in terms of the uh, uh, friction between the female uh, uh, members there at, uh, at WeWork and her. And in and she ends up convincing him to come on and take the position of communications director over the young woman who is so taxed doing the job, and so in, in exchange for not writing the article. So we see there that they're willing to do some nefarious things in order to keep this thing going because they supposedly want to create a better world. So what did you think about this third episode? What stood out to you as you watched this? Uh, I love this episode. It was so yeah. juicy, and it was just yeah. such a kaleidoscope spectacle. <laughs> you were just like... <laughs> 
jaw drop through the whole thing. Um, just from, you know, Rebecca coming off that flight with yeah. the baby and, you know, she's getting the call and then she's, you know, on the stage having this faux pas public relations nightmare, yeah. as you mentioned. Um, and don't forget in the very beginning, you know, they're passing out laptops and Bellinis yes. like, like, <laughs> you know, well, by no the minute, yeah. you know, hiring all these employees that they eventually end up having to let go. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were some really great scenes in this. Um, the silent disco scene I yes. just loved how that was filmed and yeah. the chemistry with um, Jared and Anne. Um, you know, definitely love that scene. And yeah, all the things that you mentioned, especially yeah. the, um, you know, this listening session. <laughs> yeah. And before that, you know, how uh, Rebecca was kind of holding her own in this room with uh, all of these men who are telling her, basically, a you have to team. you have yeah. to fix it this way. And she's like, no, let's just have a listening session. And, you know, I'll fix it. That turns into another dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she kind of reclaims it at the end in this, you know, really powerful ending scene with mm-hmm. her on the stage and people are screaming for her and she's just going in different directions. But through all of that, we see her suffering. We see her having flashbacks yeah. of, you know, this really emotional scene with Aaron, her ex-boyfriend, and right. the, the oh father. My God, yes. yeah, yeah, which, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, Anne Hathaway is just amazing. Oh I mean, yeah. her, her depth and her range was just really, really fantastic in this uh, episode. Um, yeah, but, you know, Rebecca's struggling with a lot, and, you know, I don't know if that will make viewers feel sorry for her or, you know, but it just has you kind of going in and out, you know. Well, this may be a news five for some of you, but human beings are complicated and they can have <laughs> conflicting ideologies yeah. depending on, especially when the stakes are getting higher and higher. And as, as Nikki pointed out, certainly the stakes are getting higher. They have a family. Her dad's in some issues here that WeWork is growing as we see. And we see um, also, uh, uh, Griffin, we see it through a young woman's point of view. We mm-hmm. see her coming in, uh, being recruited, getting her email, getting the the the, um, the computer there, making out with a dude in the closet. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then we see how that builds out and it keeps happening over and over again, taking the shots. And then they end up at summer camp and then there becomes, and we see her disillusionment with WeWork, with Rebecca through her comment. And even at the listening session, she's mm-hmm. the one that stands up and kind of gets the ball rolling, and then all these other women chime in, and then by the end, she is certainly skeptical, and Rebecca wins her back. So the entire skepticism about WeWork is is put into this one episode through that young character. Yeah, well, I, I really liked how it explored the company culture, like from her POV, from mm. like that starting with the beginning, and then you know bookending it with her at the end. That was really right. uh, effective, I think. I, I mean, because like you know you when we're watching these shows about like the creation of a company or whatever, we're never shown like the, the, the ground floor level, what, what the right. culture is like, you know, as it pertains to the, the people who are actually working there, we usually see it from like the, the up, you know, middle to upper level management, mm-hmm. I guess. And I think this really puts you in the shoes and showed like, like, yeah, it's like really easy to get swept up in like the, just like emotions and passions of what's going on. Yeah. Even if you're not, entirely sold on what's going on it's like almost cultish i mean that's the so so many of these i think startup companies especially around this time really kind of went through similar things and it's almost like a modern uh it's like a modern version of what was going on in the 80s like with the with the wolf of wall street you know and stuff like that like i got flashes especially with when jared leto gets up on stage and he's like you know talking into the microphone it's like a big jordan belfort vibe so it's just like (laughs) kind of fun to see that and uh the the company culture from that Mm -hmm. aspect but the thing that floored me was Rebecca in this episode. This yeah. this was my favorite episode out of the three because of that focus on her. And yeah. I liked the way it was structured, too, because 
you get her saying that line of, uh, you know, big part of a woman is to help uh, men manifest their calling in life. And to her, she truly feels that way. You feel that conviction because it's what she's had to do her entire life for her boyfriend, her brother, yeah. her her father, and now uh, this guy, or sorry, Adam and everything like that. And so it's just like she's, she's basically learned to suppress her wants, yeah. passions, and desires for the appeasement of men. And mm -hmm. so, like, of course she's going to walk on stage and say something like this and be completely taken aback by it. And I think it's so quickly, or it's so easy for a lot of people to just, like, judge her for saying that. And the show even acknowledges that, but then it takes you back in time and shows you, like, mm -hmm. no, okay, look at these scenarios and look how they built up on, on top of each other and, like, why she is feeling this way. Yeah. And so when you get to something like the listening seminar, like, that's really effective because, like, all these people are like, why are you feeling like you should not be, you should not feel this way. Like yeah. you should be like taking hold of your own like independence or, or whatever. It's like, do you, don't you realize what you're saying is like really harmful for the company culture? And yeah. she's just like, I, this is all I've known my entire life. And so I think like seeing that like older generation perspective, uh, you know, juxtaposed with like the millennial perspective, mm -hmm. I guess was just like, I I loved every bit of that. It was really eye opening. I guess for like her character. Yeah, Nikki, talk to me as a woman. You're listening to this, and I'm going to mm -hmm. walk out in this minefield a little bit. And there are some women, certainly for me, growing up in the South, and and certainly growing up in a religious background, there are some women who believe their job is to elevate men. And certainly now we're seeing women embracing their power more and more in this culture, speaking out, talking out, you know, making sure that men are called to task for the things that they've done and seeing how the culture has been unfair to women. Talk to me as you were watching Rebecca's progress through this whole uh, episode and the listening session and the back and forth and then kind of bringing them all back and getting them back on board with her by the end. Yeah, you know, it's so weird for me. I didn't really see it as, you know, her age or, you know, mm how you know she's she's here um feeling like she has to support all of these men for me her personality is just one of you know she is very kind when it comes to her family and sympathetic and right. it was just such a natural instinct mm. um to me it didn't really feel like she had this like you know old-fashioned mm. you know sense of uh womanhood that she had to to do these things even when she's addressing the crowd at the listening um um, event, yeah. she says, you know, almost blames them. Like, mm -hmm. well, you're you're causing yourself to feel this way, <laughs> you know, which is like yeah. a new age transformational yeah. Yeah. law of attraction. You know, you're upset because you know that's how you feel. That's your right. fault, not my fault. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's some and, controversial stuff to discuss. For yeah, sure. yeah. Right. yeah, and it can come off, you know, archaic and you know, based on her age. But I just felt it was a little bit of the new ageism that she was kind of, mm -hmm. you know, pushing towards them. But um. Yeah, but yeah, so that's but, how I took it. And, and let me ask, let me follow up here with this. We get the scene in acting class where she, where mm -hmm. the act, where the teacher breaks her down and has mm -hmm. her, you know, speak about her actual trauma, which mm -hmm. is her ex boyfriend going off with her best friend, mm -hmm. and then she really unlocks that. And and I don't know if, if you've been actors, but I've been in that. In, a, in an acting class when that has happened, that has happened to me. I understand that technique. You unlock it and she reveals her truth, right? This pain. And we go to the, and we combine that with that flashback of her trying to hold on to her boyfriend and crying and heaving sobs from the guts yeah. out and this, this, it, and losing her boy, or losing her, sorry, her, her brother to cancer. So, and, and her father getting involved with that. So she has that line in the acting class. She says, I'm, men are so disappointing. Just like, just that just the, <laughs> mm -hmm. the walls are completely down. Yeah. How do you think, how do you, fa how, how interesting does that make her character, I guess I would ask? 
Um, yeah, it's definitely interesting. Um, the whole, you know, to having to tap into that, mm. you know, they say when people undergo trauma, they basically black out and they suppress it deep in their subconsciousness. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're seeing. And, you know, it was nice to see, um, them kind of break it down that way to show that, you know, she is harboring so much pain. Um, and you know, maybe, you know, they're giving some, shedding some light into, uh, why she is allowing all of these things to happen mm-hmm. under her nose at that um, listing event. They're talking about closets and, mm, yes. you know, yeah. sl- sleeping with closet. their bosses yes. Yes. and all of these, like, tragic things right. and that can be lawsuits. And she just, you know, is oblivious to it. Mm-hmm. So um, I feel like she's just like that scene. She's just trapping so much mm-hmm. in her subconscious that... She's just trying. She doesn't even know where she's going. Right, <laughs> she's right. just all over the would place. Would you and John, you, yeah. giving your acting background, would you say that's why she wasn't a successful actor because she wasn't able to tap into that inner sort of? Oh, that's tough. I've never seen. You know, I've I've, I've never seen any of her work, so right. we'd have to kind of sit down and watch her work, which wasn't that much because I looked her up on IMDb as yeah. I was watching this episode, and there's only four credits. You know, we see her as hooker number three or whatever she was trying to say and change it to uh, escort girl number three. So, you know, so clearly she was desperate to matter, yeah. desperate to matter. And maybe the pressure from having a successful father, the pressure of having a successful cousin. Uh, cousin. cousin. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. get into that. I mean, Gwynny is yeah, mentioned a yeah, number yeah. of Gwyneth Paltrow now becomes a Godot type situation where it's constantly talked about. And I can't imagine we're going to see her, but certainly her effect on them, this pressure of trying to achieve what Gwyneth Paltrow has achieved. She's feeling that from a family side of things as well. Right. Well, I mean, you, you see this in episode two where it's like, she's only able to get, places or get where she wants or people are willing to give her a chance because of her relationship to Gwyneth Paltrow. Right. So in, and, in, and the wedding, right? There yes, was, yeah. Was the Gwyneth coming? Or was yeah, Gwyneth yeah exactly. Coming? Yeah, it was right. just, you could see her starting to get fed up because no yeah. one is like seeing her. No one is giving right. her the credit for anything. And I think that's part of why she takes a bigger role in WeWork is because people do see her. People are listening to Certainly her. Certainly Adam does. Well, yeah, yes. exactly. But like also the fact that like people are you know mad at her for saying these things. She's like, oh, people are listening to me for the first time in my life. It's right. like this is a the place where I can like matter and my, my being can be seen, I guess, which is, I don't know. I think that's really interesting just from, from her character, seeing how that's how she's able to kind of come into her own when she's like basically been suppressed and just like conned by like all the men in her life. I mean, even her dad with the wine bottle. Yeah. That was like the The tipping point. That was like so scummy. I'm just like, Oh gosh, this family. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Well, you know, own personal thoughts on that. I'll leave it alone. But yeah, this, this whole thing, certainly you're seeing a constant uh, idea of like people having these expectations, expectations of them but them having the both of them have these characteristics to kind of manipulate the situation to their benefit in some way because they both want to matter from the beginning that's why the first episode is so essential by the time we're done with this third episode to understand the core of who they are right adam wanting as a failed entrepreneur wanting to get that success to validate himself just like that you know how that guy who makes fun of him at the uh, at the college he goes and confronts him at the dinner, dinner. and the guy he makes even more fun of him oh $200,000 it's nice what my secretary makes <laughs> so it's this idea to prove things right and on Rebecca's side it's idea to break out of needing of needing to be needy to men right of wanting to find her own strength her own power and Adam is in essence creating the space for her to do that by making her more and more a part of WeWork. Plus it's also brilliant as the show for us to see complex characters like this connect to them because 
if we want to take a look at ourselves, we might have to, as much as we want to judge them, we might want to take a harsh look at ourselves as well and maybe some of the things we've done yeah. to get the things that we want in life and kind of ignored some of our lesser characteristics or lesser flaws mm-hmm. in that way. And so I think that's fascinating for the first three episodes uh, so far. Anything else we want to say about the third episode that we've, we've missed here or we uh, don't want to talk th- about? I think the music. I, we, yeah. Oh, the music. It, yeah, yeah, I mean, please. it was just... Um, just the new ageness when they have these milestones. I mean, the music was just really pumping you up mm-hmm. to really follow the story and you get world in. <laughs> and you mentioned when they were building, we work, I mean, you were just kind of like, yeah, like it was just, you know, yeah. stars and, and lights, you know, right. of, you know, so the music was really, really great for this. Yeah. Well, it's okay. interesting. Cause it would also be used to show like triumph, even though you're mm. sort of like, this is really unethical and shady so you're just yeah. like I don't really know how I'm supposed to be feeling it's like yes I want to like celebrate and be happy and everything because the music is like helping me feel this way but also I'm just like that's that's kind of not okay <laughs> like that's you know it that's just, a good show should do yeah. challenge oh exactly no right? exactly yeah. which is what I which is what I'm loving about this show is mm-hmm. how it's like challenging uh, me to sort of observe uh, these characters and like take them in and like think about like what it is that they're doing yeah you know? yeah uh well let's uh, are there any things that um bother you about the show that you would say that you're not 100 percent there on or not enjoying yet well at first i wasn't sure about i mean i feel jared is doing a, an amazing job at playing adam mm-hmm. i wasn't really it took me a minute to get into the accent and oh, yeah. um you know Is- but then israeli, israeli accent yes. yeah but the more i listened to it then i i heard the depth and the tones mm-hmm. and he's you know he really really does a great job at it yeah. so it just took a little bit uh getting used to okay but well, um, yeah. Other than that, you're good. You're good to go so far. So far, okay. <laughs> yeah, there, there there are parts like I I like I said at the top. I think he he was a bit grating in the first episode. Like mm-hmm. I I appreciated the performance. I always appreciate his dedication to the craft. But I think it really did take some getting used to, especially that first episode, because he is basically like this like nonstop kind of force who mm-hmm. like kind of gets on your nerves a little bit, but also like you have to realize that like that's just the guy that he's playing. So I think once you get over that hurdle, you're able to take in the character a little bit more. And then once he's sort of like toned down a little bit by the presence of Anne Hathaway, I, I like them together more than I do uh, you know, him on his own. Yeah, there's such great natural chemistry yeah. between them. Yeah. And it's fascinating. I wonder wh- how... You know, you want to cast the best actor to play the role of Adam Newman. Jared Leto, certainly an Oscar-winning actor, fantastic yeah. actor. I didn't take as much as long as you two. I was immediately in because I liked him in Gucci, so you know, <laughs> but I like when he too. does his accents. So yeah. I, w- I was in from the beginning. But the fact that this guy is six five, they did not go that route. They mm. didn't find an actor that was six five. And I wonder if having a smaller actor being a bit of an underdog in telling the story helps you feel sympathy for this character as he's going along. Because seeing a six foot five convince a smaller Greek guy, a son of uh, Greek rich people yeah. to invest might look a little intimidating rather than underdog-ish. Yeah, well, well, to your point, it kind of, instead of like emphasizing the physicality, they're able mm. to emphasize like his like words and like yes. his, his personality, which I think is really what allowed him to get to where he was at and like yeah I, i'm sure being six five really helps you oh, know oh, it's yeah. like you could you could basically talk anyone into doing anything at that <laughs> height but like yeah we we know that because of his uh yeah because of that just like incredible natural in- inclination to like pray uh, maybe not pray upon but just like i guess like uh he gets people to buy it y- right yeah huh? it, he, yeah. he appeals to their like deepest 
most personal like interests and passions, right. I think, which is ultimately why the company was able to blow up the way it did. Hey, and if you look at the history of it all, uh, Nikki, people who invested in them made money. They mm-hmm. made money. Maybe not the members, the people who were the ground floor and employees lost their jobs for sure, but the people who invested did make money. All right, well, I mean, if there's nothing else uh, to cover, I, I enjoyed the first three episodes. Yeah. What do you want to see coming up with these next? We got, well, what, five more to go? I think it's an eight-episode series. So do we have, uh, what do you want to see for the next five episodes? Oh, I'm all over just the whole, you know, company, you know, more of the dealings with the company and, you know, how he finagles things. And mm-hmm. um, definitely more on Rebecca. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Griffin? I want to get the Rebecca treatment that we got in episode three with uh, Adam. Yeah. Because there's there's so much there to that character that I like want to explore a little bit. And part of me is also conflicted because I'm like, I want to know more, but I also kind of like the fact that we're kept at an, uh, an arm's length from mm-hmm. like his personal life because I, I think they're able to do interesting things that tell us about his personal life without yeah. explicitly telling us. But because like if this was like a fictionalized, you know, if this didn't exist, maybe that would be the way to go. But like yeah. because this is based on someone who's real, I do really want to like kind of get to know him, especially the dynamic with the sister as we yeah. kind of talked about. Um, and then yeah, just like seeing like uh, the 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 inner workings of the company, how it sort of like progresses, how they're able to grow to where they you know ob- obviously uh, end up at, and then um, I think. That beginning of episode one, it's not gonna that like that's not the end of their sort of story. So right. I want to kind of see the fallout from that and how he handles that. And right. you know, yeah, certainly I think Anthony Edwards will make a comeback because uh, he shows up here in in that end of the second episode, yeah. making the handshake with uh, with Adam Newman for sure. In yeah. His, yeah, I agree with you. I would like to see more of the sister Shanti. Ashanti plays her. Uh, Adi, I, she's beautiful but also a good actress. I would have liked to have yeah. seen a bit more with her and, and maybe that'll play out in some flashbacks. But we also, I also want to see more with Miguel. I want to see his flashback. Yeah. He was also on a commune uh, mm-hmm. with five mothers breastfeeding him apparently. And right. so this I want to see, the connection between Adam and Miguel fleshed out a little bit more. All right, for Nikki Fowler and Griffin Schiller, I am John Rogo. Thank you so much for joining us for the Hollywood Critics Association. We talk, we crashed. After show, we appreciate it madly. Make sure you subscribe to this channel. If you're enjoying this, enjoying all the after shows we do here, make sure you hit subscribe down below. Hit a like on this video and share it on your social media. And leave comments down below. For sure, those are important. And if you're going to share it on social media or talk about what we talked about here, make sure you put that hashtag, we talk, we crashed, on your tweet. We'd appreciate it madly. Also, as I said at the top of the show, you can email us your questions about the episodes or about what we talked about on our after show here at shows at Hollywood Critics Association. We will read some select emails every week as we break down these episodes from We Crashed. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of We Talk We Crashed here on the Hollywood Critics Association. Take care.